welcome to the Spooky Chairs podcast, where we're discussing religious aspects of all our favorite spooky fiction, starting with Netflix's Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Today, we're talking about the holiday special, A Midwinter's Tale. So pull up a chair, grab some eggnog, and join us. So yeah, what'd you think of the episode? Oh, I mean, to repeat myself, I loved it. I loved it a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. Very exciting. I, you know, you always worry about the specials that they do for stuff, but this one was a lot of fun. So, and full of all sorts of goodies, I thought. Yeah, I liked it. It was a lot. Yep, it was a lot. Um, we talked about it at work some, and I don't talk to those people. I just work with them, so. That's so cool. Yeah, I didn't talk about it at all at work. I have, like, two people I work with who I think watch the show, but we never have time to talk. So I was just like, hey, did you watch it? They're like, yep. And that was their conversation. That's why yeah. I'm glad I have this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is always good to know that the person you're talking to actually cares about the thing, but, uh, a lot of my job is sitting around working on a computer, so we have plenty of time to chat while we're doing that. Yeah. So, And people at work have just learned to let me go. Ramble. <laughs> so before we start talking about also, if you haven't watched the first ten episodes, maybe don't watch. The, don't listen to this episode, because like, it's good, and it's kind of standalone, but there's a lot of spoilers. So watch those first, and then come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'd... I mean, yeah, you're right, it is kind of standalone, but I don't think they'd get as much out of it if you haven't seen the series. Yeah. Because I have no idea who anybody is. Even reading the comics, it's so different. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't know who Roz and Susie are, which would be very, no. very sad. Yeah, because they're very you different. Should, you should know them. Like, Susie's not in the comics, I don't think. No. And Roz is a very different person from what I've seen, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah. don't start with this episode. Start with the don't show. <laughs> Everyone. And if you do listen to this episode, there are spoilers, man. <laughs> So the first thing I liked and want to talk about is in the like the theme, you know, the opening part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like their like one little uh, frame of the classic comic style. Right, That's right, actually right. super important because you have to know what particularly Zelda and Hilda look like in the comics for a scene later to make it not really weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> tension, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I'd forgotten actually, because I wasn't paying that much attention when I watched it the first time, and I'd forgotten that Hilda no, Hilda's the one with the orange hair that I knew more. I forgot, Zelda doesn't show up that often in the comics I had, so I'd yeah. forgotten she had green hair, and when you see cookies later in the episode, I'm like, that's an odd choice, what is yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was cute. <laughs> the cookies and the little intro thing. I didn't know that's what she looked like in the comics until you know, I think I watched this twice yeah. before I realized that that was green anyway i thought that was hard but yeah it was cute <laughs> it was uh so i guess to jump right in uh <laughs> start at like this santa line like in a store santa where Susie and sabrina are going with yeah. Susie's dad and hilda obviously mm -hmm. zelda wouldn't do it but <laughs> i was surprised yeah. that even hilda was there that seems like really blatantly just crossing traditions and be like, la la la, I don't care about what the Church of Night wants. We're going to celebrate Christmas and see Santa. Well, in defense of Hilda, I think she's the more like, okay, we're here, we're going to fit in. Especially for Sabrina's sake. Because Sabrina's got to go to school with these kids and if everybody else is going, it's a little weird if you don't go sit on Santa's lap. Yeah. You know? Also, I think Hilda's just generally the more laid back of the ants. She is. She's a sweetheart. I love her so much. She is. But, uh, I did find it funny that she, uh, when they were talking about the kids going missing, and I think it was the Conklin boy, and she's like, 
pray to Satan, and then she tried to, like, roll it back slightly. Yeah. Pray, uh, pray. <laughs> well, I make, and I wonder, like, when she, when they make mistakes like that, what does everybody around them think is going on? Like, someone, like, I, I didn't rewatch it to see if I agreed, but I was looking at a discussion of this on the forum, and be like, it's really blatant what she said. And, yeah. like, to us it is, because we know what she said, but even someone said, like, you can watch, and so Susie's dad is, like, kind of put off by it. Yeah. And I wonder if what they think is that they're Satanists, and they're just like, okay, well, that's weird, but I guess if they're not going to make a thing about it, we're not going to make a thing about it. Yes. And in fact, what I was thinking is, I think it would be funny if, like, literally everybody in town knows, not that they're <laughs> witches per se, but that they're Satanists, like you're saying. And they're just right. like, we're just not going to talk about it. we got to get along with these people. They've got a funeral home. We need them. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I love tiny baby Susie and Sabrina, even though, like, they look so much like miniature versions of themselves in the current, which I know I didn't as a child like anything like I looked in high school, but it was cute. No, but and I'm also impressed that they managed to find two very small people who looked that much like the actors, you know, as in adult form. It was pretty impressive. It was. Yep. But I thought they were adorable. And, like, Susie's just like, I want a truck just like my daddy. And then Sabrina's like, I want my mommy back. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Poor Santa is not equipped for this conversation, child. <laughs> well, in fairness, to spoil what goes on later on, he's not that great a Santa. So. <laughs> he's just sitting there going, not this one. Not cute enough. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I'm really terrible, so I don't know how old they're supposed to be in that flashback because I'm not good at guessing kids' age. So, they're not teenagers. That's as far as I'm willing to go. Yeah, I'm not good at guessing either. I'd say probably eight or nine-ish, but I'm just making that up. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they seem taller. <laughs> I think based on the fact that, like, the little girl who plays Sabrina, I know from, like, several other shows, and I want to say she plays, like, a second grader on the other thing I'd seen her in, which was a year or two ago, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm willing to go with it because I don't know how old you are in second grade, so. <laughs> So we get more of Sabrina being the saddest of all sad children, and then uh, we're in the now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and they're decorating their living room not for Christmas, but well, like two of them are doing it for Christmas, and Zelda's like, it's a Yule tree, it's not a Christmas tree. <laughs> and uh, I like the whole, for somebody who's not that into it, you sure have managed to buy yourself a lot of presents, which... No, no, they're for the baby. Find the baby Yule presents. Yeah. So I guess presents are not a thing in Yule celebrations, only in Christmas. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that much about Yule. I mean, if it was like the precursor to Christmas, maybe there are presents involved and she's just bad because they keep calling it a Christmas tree. Well, it's weird because like people celebrate it now and I have previously celebrated Yule. Yeah. And like I just because like so much of it is the same and there's like other origins of things like it does just kind of wind up looking like Christmas. So it's like it's not a big deal and I've always done presents and just sort of quietly gone along with what everyone else does. But this right. is clearly a different thing and I would like <laughs> I want to know more about like why do these things look exactly like in this universe where they're two very different things and this isn't just like a Nordic tradition, this is a satanic tradition, I guess. <laughs> well, but you could argue that it's not so much satanic as it is pagan. Even in this one. And they're just well, like, listen. Listen, the not... old folks had a thing where, like, because you get the spirits and everything that come later, like, it's an actual concern. 
So maybe That's true. Just oh, yeah, and that it kind of answers, yeah, well, not answers, but brings up a question I was going to have later, because they have demons, and they mention demons, but, like, all of the spirits that are in this are specifically, like, you know, things that they have to worry about, which, yeah. if it was all part of a side, if, like, demons were under Satan, they should be good. Like, they should be the group of people that are safe, not the people that are attacked and need the special Yule Log. Listen, that is a, it's a valid question because they're like, we're burning this Yule log and keeping it going to keep all the, all the malevolencies out. Words are hard today, apparently. But it get like, so they're an outside force that has nothing to do with Satan or the Church of Night or anything. Yeah. So it is a question. It's like, how many different powers are there out there in this universe? <laughs> yeah, so people who are watching, listening to this instead of watching the show. First of all, okay, thanks. <laughs> so, the Yule log is just a log that they burn from like before Yule starts to after it, so that the spirits don't come down the chimney and into their house. Because Yule is the time of the year when it's easiest to do that because the walls are thin, and apparently they specifically like to attack like attack witches instead of all of the normal mortal humans who do not have protected Yule log. <laughs> well. But, and so, I was thinking about that, and my thing is, so is it just because the witches are actually more in tune with the spiritual world, and so they're easier targets because they have their own psychic powers of a sort, or is it because they've done a lot of bad shit? Sorry. And so, <laughs> the spirits are like, okay, and now is our revenge. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess I was thinking that, like, if it's, if there's just, like, different spirits of different types and they don't have anything to do with Satan, they could even be, like, a jealousy thing or, like, a, we want to rule. You have all these humans that work for you. We don't like that. We're going to come after them. Or right. it could just be that they've got, you know, the magic built up so they're easy to feed off. There's so many different things it could be. All we know that is that it's, that's how it is. <laughs> right. Or, and I was thinking, like, or is it because, so, like, in theory, like, in our world, some people go into supposedly haunted houses and don't feel a thing. And there's a theory that it's because they don't believe so hard that they sort of shut the ghosts off somehow. So is it because everybody else doesn't believe in it that the spirits can't affect them because they just exist on a different plane somehow? You know what I mean? I doubt that's it, but I thought it was interesting. It's like, if you ignore it hard enough, it just goes away. Yeah. That seems to be the most like practical, like real worldly thing if we were going to do it that way, but it's a practical real world. Most of this doesn't make sense. So. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I try to make everything make sense. It's okay, though. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I'm just thinking, like, because there's so much it could be, and I'm kind of thinking about, like, well, how would I do it if I was running the show? And it's probably not going to be how they do it, but that's okay. It's fun. <laughs> you know, they get paid to do this, and we just uh, fill in the gaps. The baby Letitia thing. So, I'm going to say this, and we'll come back to this later, but I really think that Zelda is a good mom. Yeah. Like, it comes into play more later in the episode and everything, and I know that Zelda is not the cuddliest of human beings or witches, but she's really, yeah. like, she really takes care of the baby. She took care of Sabrina and everything. And so, yeah, she's not super friendly, and sometimes she's weird, but I do think she would raise Letitia really well. Yeah, and she's, like, she's obviously a caring person. That maybe, like, it doesn't come naturally to her, but she, like, is challenged by taking care of Sabrina and, like, can manage to do it and do a good job. And... Yeah. And, I mean, you think of, so specifically with Letitia, and again, this is, you know, spoilers for the whole end of the episode and everything, is, like, not the end of this episode, the end of the season is, 
she has this whole relationship with Father Blackwood and everything, and she's already helped to undermine his wife, and she decides that, hey, here's this perfect opportunity to take this baby and raise it as my own. Hmm. Even knowing that that, like, if it comes out, I'm assuming that Father Blackwood is going to be displeased because that's technically his heir. And I think that's more of a, it comes naturally to her to be a mother than not, because that took over the other concerns. Yeah, and it was, like, I guess there's a lot to her that's a mask, and that I you see in these, like, little weird things, because I did not see that coming at all. Like, probably the only moment in the entire series so far where I was like, <laughs> what? What are you doing? You can't do that? What? <laughs> Just, like, completely blown away. Well, and I didn't see the whole, like, oh, I stole the baby thing coming. I was just, because she was definitely being very weird about it. So I knew there was going to be something, but it did surprise me. Like, hey, so by the way, stole a baby. It's going to be totally fine. But I'm just pleased with it. So I hope we get to see a lot more of baby Letitia. I think we will. (laughs) But we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Right. But, and I did Um. look up what her name meant. So it apparently it's a a, Roman, a minor Roman goddess of uh, happiness and gaiety. So oh, I thought that was cute. That is. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's a very it's a very witchy sounding name, but it's also you know really adorable when you look up what it means. So. So there's this. They had a lot in this about like dealing with other religions and how much to tell people and like how to maintain your identity when you're surrounded by people who are different and like the Christmas mm-hmm. versus Yule argument was a part of that. But then, yeah. like, right after it, Ambrose asked Sabrina, like, so how are your friends doing with the whole witch thing? And she's like, I'm just giving them space so it's not weird and they can get used to it. And he's like, maybe you should invite them in instead so they can see it's not weird. Right. And I know that's something that I've struggled with a lot when I started, like, exploring other religions. And now that I'm not really religious at all, that I try to just, like, not say anything about it because it's really important to some people in my life. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to have to deal with it. Right. And just let them get used to it. But maybe by doing that, I'm acting like I have something to hide and making it seem weirder than it is. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, in the home environment and everything like that. So, like, my extended family is Christian, but they are not Catholic. So there's a fairly large difference between our practices. Right. But it's not as big of a difference as, say, going from a Christian to being a Muslim or to being, you know, Hindu or just being non-religious at all. So it yeah, I can see how it would be real awkward, and you gotta sort of keep the peace too, because you gotta live with these people; they're your family. But um, and then obviously at work, you just don't talk about those things at all, because that's just right. a bucket of beef. <laughs> but I'm luckily enough; I'm in the majority of religion here. I'm Christian, so it sort of works out for me. <laughs> yeah, which is probably like, that's but, a really interesting thing, because I've been kind of deciding which is the right way to. And it depends on you know the situation. It'd be yeah. great if we could all just be open, but sometimes circumstances don't let you. <laughs> well, it's, and, and it can be awkward, like, okay, I went through a very uh, enthusiastic phase right after I converted to Catholicism, mm. and it was probably really obnoxious to a lot of people. <laughs> um, and, you know, I regret that. I've had, I made some mistakes in my gung-ho enthusiasm to be like, hey, I am right, and you are all very, very wrong. Let me help you. So you got to remember that everybody's just trying to figure it out and keep it cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a good perspective. But, like you know, we have uh, some people at work who are atheists, and they're sort of uh, angry about it. And that's awkward because you can't 
argue with them. These specific people, I mean. Like, you just can't discuss it with them at all. So you just sort of nod your head and move about your business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was probably more like that at a certain point in my Christian phase. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I think we've more... all been there. Yeah. So it's but, more uh... like, be honest as opposed to, like, bringing it up all the time. So then, like, later, she does kind of bring it up with her friends. I, wait, I don't know if it's later or earlier. This all kind of happened in a weird order for me. I think it's later, though. And she well, asked her friends to do part of her witchy practice, and they're like, that's weird. And that's kind yeah. of it. She let them lead. It was a little bit It was a little bit later, because you go from her talking to Ambrose and everything, and him... Ambrose gives great life advice. Nobody listens to him is the problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, she talks to Ambrose, and he's like, you know, just just like make it normal like we were saying just do your thing and don't make it weird admittedly there's probably some stuff they should not mention like the cannibalism that yeah. they keep trying to bring back up and stuff but in general just seem pretty normal and uh yeah i don't blame them for not wanting to get in on the whole uh seance thing but they had excuses also yeah so it's like on the one hand very weird on the other hand we have things to do so <laughs> thanks but no thanks but I wanted to say, so the whole thing about, okay, so Satan has apparently ghosted Madam Satan, is no longer <laughs> speaking to her at the moment. Right, so she's praying out loud, which always, always, always really bugs me in any show. So I'm just going to assume that since Stolas isn't really a bird, he's actually a supernatural goblin thing, he's still fine and is listening. He just can't move. Yes. <laughs> yes, they're just, they're not talking either right now is all it is. But... <laughs> What bothers me is so Sabrina just happens to walk in as right like as she says she's like if she'd walked in two seconds earlier or just stood outside the door and was listening be like huh huh that's a weird conversation to be having with yourself <laughs> yep I mean she knows that Mrs Mrs Wardwell is a witch and everything like that but I mean she was talking about how like hey look I did my job she signed on the dotted line can we go <laughs> <laughs> and I don't. So, I mean, we get in the show the revelation of who Miss Madam Satan really is in the show mm -hmm. at the end. And I gotta say, I'm not thrilled with the characterization of her because she's real hung up on the whole, like, oh, hey, Satan, I need your permission to do this. I need this. I need this. Hey, you know, I need I need your big, strong, demony man <laughs> to get this thing going. And I really just don't feel like that is the thing that uh, Lilith does. Like, that's not her character in my mind i guess yeah so weird so it annoys me and i'm just saying that yeah no it's fair and michelle gomez so much brings such like a powerful strong dynamic to everything it's yes. a weird part to see her play also i have i did have a hard time at first not seeing missy when i saw her <laughs> so yeah but it's fine i do love her in this I like also that Sabrina can go to, like, there's at least one witchy teacher that Sabrina can go to for support, even if she's secretly plotting against her. Cause right. But it's it's if, nice. You need that support as a teenager. If only it wasn't undermined yeah. by her everything else. <laughs> you know, she does. She definitely does not want for best for Sabrina. She just wants to get back to hell and be in charge. Yeah. Which I don't think is what's going to happen, but, you know, she'll come to that realization eventually. Yes. But she borrows the Book of the Dead, and then we have Susie being Jingles the Elf. <laughs> yes. Which, she was adorable. Don't get me wrong. Great elf. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, so they're talking about that. They're like, the reason that, like, she wants them to come to the seance to bring her mom back for questions. And yeah. they say no because she's busy with her full time job being an elf no, at a store. Being an elf. And it's fantastic. It's cute. I love that that's like a lifelong dream she has. I, you know, it's. I've heard. Do what you want to do, I guess. <laughs> I've heard from multiple people who have actually had that job that it is a terrible, terrible job no one would want. But hey, you do you, Susie. You know? <laughs> Look, I, I can't I can't fault Susie for whatever the dream there is. Um, <laughs> I think that there are many regrets about it later on, but Probably. got to live the dream. Yes. But then after that, so Harvey's just awkwardly standing at the back of the library because they're not allowed to be friends anymore now that they broke up. And she goes over and gives him magical pencils for Christmas. Which is a great present. In general. It seems like a terrible right. present to give Harvey, and I think she should have picked up on that, but it's fine. <laughs> They're teenagers. But I think she was, you know what, I wonder if it was a present that she already had for him oh. before the whole breakup happened. Oh, I hope And she's trying to sort of make it normal, but also, yeah, I really should have thought about the whole uh, raise your brother from the dead and then you had to kill him again thing. That's really sweet. You it know? seems weird because, like she wouldn't have been able to tell him she was a witch before unless she was just hoping maybe. Like, this would be great to give him one day if I was allowed to be, like, out as a witch. Right. But then, well, because... if, like... Oh, yeah. So, but even assuming, like, what if she had them but wasn't going to tell them they were magic and, like, he would just not notice that he never ran out of pencil? And had... then when she thinks that she can tell him and now that he knows, like, if she can still be, like, he knows this thing about her that's, like, an entire huge part of her life. And so it's like, sweet, now I can share the good stuff with you. I can give you these little things that show you more of myself. And he's like, ah, nope. <laughs> no thanks. Don't want it. Don't like it. That's yeah. kind of heartbreaking for anyone, but especially for a 16-year-old. <laughs> it is. It's it's just, it seems real harsh. But And I know that Sabrina's doing it like she means well yeah. with this whole present. Like she meant well with pretty much everything. But yeah, a little more thought. Yeah would have gone into that but it's also like i see it not so much also as them not being able to be friends because they broke up but also how do you interact with this girl that you thought you knew everything about and then you find out that she's a witch and she did something that's kind of horrible you know again she meant well but she brought your brother back as a zombie and then you had to kill him yeah it's like i don't don't know how i would interact with somebody after that yeah it's fair like some of this right like i hate bewitched so much and so part of this, I think, was reminding me of that and how down on magic Dan is. Is, Rand, is that his name? Darren. I think so. Darren. Darren. Yeah, because there were two Darrens. Yeah. <laughs> and it always bothered me so much because, like, that's her whole life. How dare you be so, like, you're basically saying you hate every part of her that came before you. But that's not the case with Harvey. Like, he has legitimate reasons. Magic did a terrible, terrible thing to him. And giving space is fair. Because does Harvey know that the weird sisters are the ones that killed his brother? Oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, my gosh. Because he just thinks it was just a cave-in at the mine, but they did it. Oh. Yeah. Magic has not been good to Harvey. No. Magic pencils are not worth it. <laughs> no, not at all. So that's sad. That ends, and then she goes to the school, to the magic school, because her mortal friends didn't want to do the seance. So the weird sisters and her are going to have a cool seance party at Yule. That's fun. Yep, no, that seems great, because they haven't been horrible their whole lives. Nope, never. <laughs> Not that I don't, like, I like Prudence, and I, I like the weird sisters, but they are actually terrible people. 
So. They've also, and it's kind of a thing that we'll talk about later, but they, adoption doesn't seem to be a thing in their world. <laughs> like, because well, the weird sisters are specifically orphaned witch children that they therefore live at the school, have no families to go to. And so they're also 16-ish and have gone yeah. their whole lives without anyone willing to take them in, like being shown any sort of like love and you know family care. They're not good people because they haven't been like shown goodness ever. And that's, that's fair. But see, I always thought of it as love. Not that adoption isn't a thing in the witch world because we don't know that it's not. But so Father Blackwood adopted two of them to cover, well, adopted, made himself guardian to cover the fact that one of them is his illegitimate kid. So I thought that they were sort of a special situation, more than, like, we just run an orphanage here, too. Oh. See, that's not how I saw it, but maybe. And like more attention I don't know. We don't get a lot of information. Yeah. <laughs> My other thing is, so, Nicholas Scratch. And again, I haven't read the whole comic book yet, but, uh, is he the devil? No. Because Old Scratch is a name for the devil. <gasps> oh, so is Old Nick. Oh, yeah. oh, that's awesome. Oh, So I kind of think maybe he's like uh, the Antichrist or something. So much more thoughts. Okay, the way, I'm going to put a pin in that for the end of the episode. I have so many thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that was my, I thought that since the beginning, and we haven't really talked about the show yet, but uh, yeah, he's got a really weird name. Yeah, he does. It, didn't, it just seemed like a comic book name. I, w- I was with it. <laughs> but yeah, you yeah. make good points. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so, but before the seance, uh, Madame Satan in her weird, loud prayer slash plotting was like, yeah. no, better to disrupt the proceedings. <laughs> and, like, says it almost exactly like that. I know I don't do a good Michelle Gomez impression, but it's a very weird thing she says. And her version of that is she has, like, this Christine McConnell wannabe gingerbread house complete with cute little gingerbread cookies in the style of the comics. And okay. I am so excited about it. <laughs> my, my note on this just literally says that she is dedicated to the work here, because she made this whole gingerbread house with these little gingerbread people and it's real nice so good like she could have just picked up a dollhouse to do this but no she is going to bake and she's going to decorate yes worth the effort she is into the spirit (laughs) of the season (laughs) yes oh but um before we got to the gingerbread house we uh we get Susie getting kidnapped oh did that happen then i didn't take notes on like the entire b plot of the episodes so then when i was trying to piece it together later yeah. i was just like i know that this is a thing that happens i don't know when it happens but yeah let's talk about that <laughs> yeah no, this is i just was typing as i watched the thing and everything so one roz apparently has a vision and tells zero people about it so that nobody has any warning when Susie gets kidnapped because she has that whole, like, and the statue is crying, and that's, it's all just a big problem for me. <laughs> I don't know if this, is it crying then? Like, at the beginning of yeah, this part? Yeah, because she's, so they do the whole thing where Roz goes and sees Susie there and everything, and Mr. Bartell is a big jerk, but Susie's still super excited because she gets to be Jingles the Elf. But, um, and then Roz, like, pauses, and you can tell that she's having a vision, and we find out what it is later and everything is that she basically saw Mr. Bartell looking like Krampus. And she's like, nah, I'm not going to mention it. It's fine. It's totally fine. 
<laughs> she even knows what he's doing to the kid. And she just walks away like, eh, yeah, maybe. She did not learn much about what this vision thing means. Like, I couldn't tell if maybe she just, like, she's not used to it enough to know. Like, does she also have bad dreams sometimes that she hasn't learned to tell the difference yet? But she so clearly had a bad feeling and is like, hey, do you need a ride home? And she's like, nope. And she's like, oh, okay, then I'm wrong. And, like, yeah. you're a psychic. Uh, this is known. <laughs> like, pay attention. Check up on know, her later. You know what this is. But, yeah. So, poor Susie gets kidnapped and, uh, then we, because we keep going back and forth, but, you know, she wakes up later and finds out that uh, a demon is going to turn her into a wax figure for forever, which is just horrible. It was really hard. I tried to do some research because I'd never heard of Bartel before. And no. you can find basically nothing. It's basically Austrian um, Krampus. But there's, like, yeah. Krampus stuff you can find so much of. And there was, I found one mention after trying, like, five different spellings of Bartel and, like, everything I could find. So, I guess kudos for going with the obscure reference instead of the millionth and one Krampus in the past five years. True. And honestly, I mean, Krampus wouldn't really fit with what they decided they were going to do anyway. Mm -hmm. But that was, especially when we saw the previews, because they had the his demon form and everything. I'm like, oh, okay, so we got Krampus. This <laughs> It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. And it was sort and of a house Krampus, of wax. So like, it's overdone, but I, I still would have loved Krampus. But this was good. I like this better. Right. Well, it's sort of like with the giant shark movies and everything. Like, we decided that we were going to love giant sharks for a while, and that's all we get. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So I enjoyed that it was not Krampus, but he did. That's what I thought he looked like. <laughs> and, again, the, the dipping people in wax thing is just not necessary, even if you are a demon. Yeah. But he does. Okay. Is it, but, no. No. <laughs> Hmm. Like I, I have a really messed up reaction because I love Susie so much, and when he says like usually the most I have to go searching, but this year the most perfect child came to me, and I'm like yes, yes, Susie is the most perfect person, but also you're bad and I hate you, but yay, Susie. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I guess we can be glad that someone appreciated Susie. <laughs> I think Roz appreciates Susie. Right. I think Roz and Susie is coming. I'm very excited. Oh. That would be great. This is not related to anything in this episode. I just love them so much. <laughs> not, it doesn't matter. Everything is related. But you know, you know that they would be a really cute couple. Okay, okay, question. While we're since we're talking about Susie, we kind of rushed through this, and everyone in the show uses her she pronouns for Susie, yeah. which kind of bothers me. But like nothing else has been said in the show yet, so I feel like that's what I'm doing, where I'm going with it. But just so if anyone's listening is like, I don't think that's right. Neither do I. But I'm going with the like pronouns as presented. Right, and that because I think I mean it's pretty obvious. I think that Susie is going to be presented as trans at some point, like because they talk about well, okay, maybe I'm just inferring and everything from especially from the thing about her ancestor and all the guys and their obsession with her chest and everything. But I don't know if they're just going to like lean into it and make it a gradual thing where Susie accepts it and then starts asking for the pronoun to be appropriate and everything or if they're just screwing it up I think well do you know the actor is actually trans and non-binary oh. okay no I didn't know that yeah, okay. I was really excited by that so I think from what I've read with interviews and stuff what actually seems to be happening is they originally planned for Susie to be a trans guy 
which would have been cool. Yeah. But in conversations that they're actually having with that actor and learning more about gender identity and like other options, they're like not sure now. They're not sure if Susie's going to be a man or be non-binary. And, you know, Susie probably doesn't know yet either. So it's a thing right. that's sort of developing. And that is so cool. <laughs> it makes me very excited. <laughs> and that's what I'd like to see is just the, because I didn't know about the background and everything, but that makes it even better. Yeah is to just have the discovery because they're teenagers and it's not like they come from a really big place where it would have been accepted at a young age. You know what I mean? So I think it's a appropriate storyline to have this be happening. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) And that's just, you know, I'm talking from out of my butt, but I like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) This is not my, it's not my, you know, it's not my life experience, but I'm, I'm in, looking forward to seeing it if that's where they go i hope that's where they go it actually it is very much my life experience and i'm also appreciating it so like they're doing i think they're doing an excellent job good then that that makes it you know even better (laughs) because i'm just sitting here going this is yes (laughs) so then we go to this seance (laughs) let's take up this whole episode talking about Susie. i'll talk about Susie more later (laughs) but uh (laughs) Uh, the seance is all set up, I think, to be a really bad thing. And then it basically, like, yeah. anytime you see this, we're just expecting from horror things for it to go badly. And Agatha, who apparently is practicing her necromancy, not necromancy, her spiritist skills, spiritualist. Yeah. So she's running the thing and she's like, spirits can be tricky. Ask it a, a question only this, that she would know. And just waiting for it to be a demon. Nope. It's, well, it might not be her mom. And, like, that was a question that I had for later, but it seems to be, and nothing bad happens. It all goes off well, questions get answered. Well, my thing is, okay, one, at the same time, Madam Satan is disrupting the whole thing. Like, she, this is when she's pouring the water down the chimney and turning out the Yule log, okay? So first, they specifically use her full name, which I think that's the whole importance of the name thing. Like, you're wanting to not just summon any old Diana or any old Diana Regina Spellman, because mm-hmm. they use her middle name and her maiden name and everything. So I just thought it was interesting to try and, like, the power of naming things. But also, this whole verifying question thing. That's not a secret. The question that Sabrina (laughs) asks is, how did she die? Everybody knows how she died. Unless, like, everybody knows the story of how she died, which it's possible even Sabrina doesn't know how they died. But the real answer isn't going to be what she's going to get, because she wouldn't know it. (laughs) Like... Well, the thing is, so she apparently gives the number on the plane that they've crashed in, which I know that there's implications in the season that it wasn't really a plane crash that killed them. Like, And I don't know if it was just the weird sisters messing with Sabrina, because I remember them being like that it wasn't an accident. You know what I mean? But then, so if we're in touch with the spirit world and everything, people can know this. <laughs> I just keep back like this is not like super secret information, but the other thing is that Sabrina didn't really know her parents. So what would she know that her mother would know that nobody else would know? Yeah. Like there's I can't think of anything. It's not like they had a super secret like place that they would go to or anything cuz she didn't have that life with her mother. So I can't think of any better questions, but I think it's a dumb question is basically what I'm getting to here. Right. It, it it's really sketchy and there's that so okay should i just wait until the end to give reasons or just say from the start who i think this actually was and then well i'll do that i'm just going to say so i don't think it was her mom i don't think it's her mom i think it's <laughs> madam satan in, yeah me too so 
considering she doesn't know her mom, she just knows what she would want from a mom. That's not that hard to think. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, she knows what Sabrina thinks yeah. happened at the very least, yeah. and can be there and just be like a generally comforting mom-like presence to anyone who doesn't know her. But as soon as Zelda opens the door to make sure uh, Sabrina's okay with the log out, she disappears because she can't act the part with someone who actually knew her. Right. And you could see that she was also, like, because Agatha was getting, like, oh, it's too hard, there's too much this, there's too much that. Like, she was setting it up to be not a great connection in the first mm-hmm. place. So that if something was garbled, then, then, oh, well, it wasn't, you know, we didn't have a solid phone line right. there. So I, that was my thing when I was watching it. I'm like, that's not really her mom. That's Madam Satan. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought that. <laughs> it didn't occur to me until after. I just I, I accepted everything at face value. I'm like, oh, it's really cool how they set it up. Like, it's going to be something bad, but it's all perfectly fine. And her mom helps her. And then at the end, I was reading, like, other people's conversations on, like, Reddit. And people, someone brought up yeah. that theory. I'm like, oh, that's completely what happened. I'm sold. This was definitely Madam Satan. <laughs> that's very easy to convince. But... <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, I mean, because she went through all this trouble to put out the Yule log, and then all that happened was the the little kids, the Yule boys, the Yule lads, get in, and that's not really that didn't disrupt the seance, really. So, question about that: Would the seance have worked as intended? Do you think without the Yule log? Because Zelda, okay, so the tree gets knocked down. Hilda and Zelda come running yeah. and see that the Yule log is out, and this is very bad. And Zelda assumes that yes. she took it out so that the science would work, which is a really good point. Does the Yule Log right. keep out all spirits or just the bad ones? Was this going to be a doomed to fail seance in the first place? And then the thing about that is, if it just wouldn't have worked because of the Yule Log, Madam Satan knows she's going to try again at some other day when she might not know when and might actually work. Right. So if instead she comes in when she knows it's happening and, you know, gives her a satisfying conclusion, she has no reason to ever try again. Sure. No, that makes sense. I didn't think about that, because that, cause the whole Yule Log, I'm like, well, she could have just left it, because I don't think it would have worked with the Yule Log burning, because it's supposed to keep out the spirits, and I don't think it's specific to good spirit, bad spirit, but you, to your point, if it didn't work, she'd just try again, and she wouldn't have the control, so it makes sense that she wanted it to happen, but she didn't want it to be successful, yeah. like, not to actually work. <laughs> Although, so yeah. Ambrose does a search to make sure nothing bad got through, and nothing did. Apparently, his nice little pendulum check turns up fine, so everyone just goes back to bed, and it's all fine. Right, but I wanted to say though, but this is also another thing where we get how important family is to Zelda, because she's so mad at Sabrina, not just because Sabrina put them all in danger, but because she didn't ask Zelda and Hilda to yeah. help her, like. Diana married in and maybe, you know, I get the impression she wasn't super thrilled with her brother marrying a human and everything, but she's like, she married in, she's family. I would have helped you. You're, you know, this is, this is our family. This is what we do. Yeah. I love Zelda so much. So I love Zelda more and more. I believe her. I think she would have helped. And, you know, early on in the season, I would have said like, well, you don't tell Zelda anything. She's just not a good person, but she's becomes like every, you get see the little glimpses that she's a good person underneath it all she's just it's literally her religion yeah. not to be so she like she hides it but, but the thing is i don't think even with the whole religious aspect i don't think zelda's a bad person this is just she's different yeah you know 
in what her her morals are to in some degrees but within the confines of her reality you know the context she is a good person she doesn't go out of her way to hurt people oh. yes she is a witch and a satanist technically but i mean she's not going out there and like stabbing people left right and center but you know she does th- okay nope not in this episode she doesn't we'll get on to that later on no <laughs> in this episode she's a good person <laughs> sticking with that we listen, like Zelda right now listen she has her flaws <laughs> i'm not gonna say she doesn't but i will defend okay, zelda <laughs> Uh, and Hilda's not perfect either like I love Hilda and she's the like the nice okay Zelda's not nice pretty much ever Hilda's always nice but they can both be good and Hilda has some very very questionable ethics that come up a lot in this episode (laughs) true (laughs) but Hilda is the okay she's like the fluffier personality wise like she's cuddly almost And Zelda is very cold, to the point, and abrupt. And spiky. Oh, <laughs> yes. But she's a good mother, yes. and I love her. <laughs> but she's also a horrifying mother, because when they all go about their business, for her, that means playing peekaboo with Letitia. And it's clearly that kind of inspired by the witch movie, the double W ones. Yes, the, the, yeah. the, 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 yes. <laughs> but she makes it like way creepier like not just that you know something bad but she's like I oh see my. you yes there's the cool I mean peekaboo is so cute and she made it so creepy and the whole bassinet is black everything is black <laughs> and I know that she loves this child but maybe another it's so color. Adam's family which would make sense except nothing else about them is very Adam's family-ish like they seem to have tried no. to give Serena a fairly normal childhood for what they are and then Letitia is just well she's not half human so like she gets the full <laughs> right she's full wish and also right now, nobody knows that they have her so they're just like yeah we can we can start this baby out right and uh then let her know that some of this stuff we're just gonna keep us where we went wrong with sabrina but... is we didn't try to terrify her to death with peekaboo games we'll fix it <laughs> god but the baby loved it <laughs> yes she did but Tissa thought it was great so hey <laughs> And for Hilda, she's baking a million cookies. The The counter is full of cookies. There's no more room for cookies, but she's making them. And she oh. mentions to Sabrina that Zelda is heaven-bent on protecting her because of her beautiful I, <laughs> I really like the random oppositing that they do in ways that don't make sense. Yes. <laughs> Zero sense. But fun. I, ha- I looked it up because I take things too seriously with it instead of just being fun. And so if hellbent means like being recklessly committed to this expense of hurting other people and therefore causing hell for people, heaven met yeah. means she's so devoted to Sabrina she's willing to do good things and make people's lives better. <laughs> and that's... Oh. Yeah. I love that. She is a good mom. Like, I, like I just thought it was just a weird oppositing thing, but yeah, no. I. <laughs> that makes so much sense yeah. and I love it. <laughs> Because, yeah, it's not that they like hell so much because they, they, they light a Yule log to keep hell beasts out of it. Like, yeah, they, like, specifically mention, they not- don't say, I don't remember exact words, but I'm pretty sure they say, like, hell, they, they mention it. It's, like, things from hell coming into the house. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I, in the prayer, or, because no, I in, like, typed out the prayer. that Because, uh, okay, so the solstice blessing that yeah, they that say. Yeah, that doesn't mention it. Because <laughs> I am a nerd. No, but it does say uh, something about evil being spurned too but they They are are. evil sort of 
And like the comic, I made a note about this too. The comic is like, uh, Di when they run into the woods, um, Edward's like, yeah. Diana, we are of the woods. We are, you know, we are the night. You know, there's all these things like the witch. Being a witch means you are the scary thing. Yeah. And these witches are so scared yeah. of everything that isn't them. <laughs> it's it's very weird. It is weird, but it's like okay. So what are they're trying? What they're trying to keep out is like like we talked about, like something that's not from okay. hell. It's just random weird monstrosities that are roaming around, and I just want to know more about that. That's true. And I guess even if there is a part where she says hell, like, it could be a figure of speech thing where, like, that's they do live among mortals, and it might not mean, like, literal, like, our hell, but, like, hell-like beasts. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't even hell know if they say it, I just thought they did. <laughs> and if they do, it doesn't necessarily well, mean anything related to them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I know that they said evil in the the solstice blessing thing but that may not be evil like we think about it you know so the sabrina making harvey's dad that eggnog she got hilda's secret recipe eggnog to help harvey's alcoholic dad which is the first thing that hilda does here that is kind of shady yeah that's where she's like how did you get my secret yeah. recipe huh <laughs> but i mean it's another one of those things where it's like okay that's very nice his dad is clearly got a drinking problem had it before and now he's you know got the depression and everything of losing his son twice basically but uh is this really gonna work out just all easy peasy right so yeah it's definitely questionable and not keeping with harvey's boundaries which he hadn't i guess actually set i'm just feeling like she should have known no. but it's still messing with someone <laughs> and you know someone's brain without their consent or knowledge and you i don't know if that's what it's designed for if hilda would normally tell someone by the way this is my special eggnog to help you stop drinking or if she would just give it to people something yeah. she says later makes me think she would just do that and that she doesn't stop sabrina so this is apparently perfectly fine for mm -hmm. the witches <laughs> what's consent i think i think hilda's one of those ones where she views the magic like with the stopping drinking or whatever like she's gonna help them because it's for their best. It doesn't matter what they think they want, because they clearly don't know what they want, <laughs> or they wouldn't be doing this thing that she's going to make them yeah. stop doing. So, yeah, I think Hilda just would give it to people. But And Harvey doesn't make that boundary between don't do magic until later in the show. Mm -hmm. And Sabrina's not uh, demonstrating a whole lot of awareness of what other yeah. people think. And that's just, she's a teenager. yeah, And she's trying to help. He complained about his father drinking more and everything, and she's like, I can fix this. Yeah, not a lot of thoughts put into it. I mean, even when he's like, hey, is there rum in this? And she says, yeah, because that'll make him drink it, which is obviously a lie. But I mean, even saying it, like, in front of Harvey, like, that's not helping. Yeah. <laughs> if, if she didn't want him to know it was magic eggnog, saying, hey, I da brought your dad more alcohol because I heard he was running low. <laughs> not a helpful thing to do. <laughs> not like, fixing the no. situation here. <laughs> And I'm sort of surprised that Harvey didn't say, like, what are you doing? Why? Are you, why? <laughs> you know. But he just was sort of like, huh, okay. Right? Great. I mean, and admittedly, at that point, I wouldn't also be trying to get the bottle away from my drunken father. So I think he just maybe was sort of like, all right, this might as well happen. But, yeah, it must look so weird from Harvey's side to just be like, what is she doing yeah. this time? And that's kind of weird, because, like, he does trust her, and, like, he clearly knows something about this isn't right, and probably can guess that it might be magic, but he can't exactly bring that up in front of his dad. 
and he's not, right. I guess, wanting to trust her enough that he's not immediately like, get away from it, it's witchcraft! <laughs> so, yeah. he's trying. I'll give Harpy credit for trying to accept her with all of the weirdness yeah. that he doesn't know how to deal with and that has kind of messed up his life. Not even kind of, a lot. What? And I also think he maybe just didn't know, like, you know, you get a situation you're just like, well, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do now, so I'm just gonna let this play out and see what goes, you know? Yeah. But we leave that. Susie is officially missing because her father notices that uh, she didn't come home. I love her dad so much, and that's gotta be like the hardest thing. Like she's all he's got left, and she's gone, and I'm just I feel for him so much, and he's barely in the show, and he's oh, just yeah. he's very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. But I mean, he does also like he does the thing where he doesn't just like call her friends. He's like, okay, I'm now I'm calling the cops because she didn't come home. Yeah. <laughs> this is not normal. This is a problem. And um, but I do like we have the old, you know, we could only see the ghost in the mirror a little bit there for a second. And it was um, the look that they gave the the ghost lady was very Scroogey. You know what I mean? Yeah, very I Christmas that, Carol, yeah. which I like because there's is it Marley? Yeah. Jacob Marley. One of the ghosts in the Christmas Carol goes around looking like that with the long white nightgown and the the cloth tied around to keep their jaw oh, shut and everything. so good. I didn't, I noticed, so because of the seance thing happening, I actually thought first that she was in a wedding dress and I had to rewind it to see that she was in a nightgown because it's just all white. But yeah. I didn't make the yeah. connection that this is very Christmas Carol-y, which gets mentioned so many times throughout the oh, episode. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> yeah. The traditional you know, Christmas yeah. reading of the ghost stories, which I think we could bring back. But anyway, you get the whole poltergeist activity with the moving rolling pin and the doors in the uh, embalming room opening the and closing. The circle of knives above Hilda's head. She's like, oh, well, that's not good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I love her so much. When she misplaces the rolling pin a little bit, like, okay, that's a thing I would do. And then it's behind her. And even that, like, I'm still, this is, so we were talking about how, like, maybe mortals just don't believe and therefore can't be harmed by it like even at the point where yeah. the um, rolling pin is across the room i'm like you know i'm really absent-minded i've got a lot on my mind right now there's a billion cookies maybe i was over there and i forgot <laughs> so i would just be not fun to torment for the old boys i think they'd give up because i wouldn't think there was anything weird <laughs> but hilda's a little smarter than i that. am the opposite like well yes. and also she's a witch but like I have I have never had anything like spooky happen to me at all, but I'm fully willing to believe that everything weird sound that comes into my house is definitely a ghost. They have finally found me. So the first couple of times I moved that rolling pin, I'm like, okay, we're out. We gotta we gotta sprinkle <laughs> some salt around here, drop some holy water, gotta clear this out right now because I'm not messing with that. <laughs> and it would just be me forgetting where I put it, of course. But we would go into 100% panic mode. <laughs> but so. Yeah, and of course we, they don't say it right away, but it is the Yule lads, and they interrupt the second round of creepy, you know, peekaboo to steal the baby yes. <laughs> and hide her in the oven. In the oven, they searched the whole house. It was preheating. They searched the whole house. The oven was on. Yes, like this is not. They played off like it's just mischief spirits, and she didn't die. But I mean, okay, a preheating oven is still a very hot oven that skin should not be touching. Witches must be very resilient. No, she must have I'm... magical immunity, and I'm gonna go with that, that, like, they know they wouldn't kill her, because a normal baby, that would kill. <laughs> I, I don't know, but right. I, I feel I'm... like that is a true thing. 
Yeah, no, I don't, because I don't know how long she was actually in the oven, because were the Yule lads just mimicking the baby crying all the time, or was they actually moving her around It's the really house? hard to tell. I couldn't tell if they have teleportation powers or if they're just that sneaky, because in the time, like... I mean, they were moving it pretty fast, and it's not like you saw the baby floating around, right. so... They managed to get it out of the room I'm in not... the time it took them to, like, so we have your baby on the sewing machine. Right. Yes. Pretty thoroughly. But, um, yeah, it's not real clear as to how, but see, okay. So, they find the baby, it's, um, <laughs> I love Ambrose so much, he's just so willing to fight everyone. But, <laughs> they find the baby, Sabrina comes home, and it's the Yule Lads. And so, they made them into, they're the ghosts of dead kids in the show. And that their their mother, who is their adoptive mother, basically, is this witch who cooked and ate her own child a thousand years yep. ago, right? And then got pissy because the other witch was like, great, my <laughs> stomach's full now. Um, I'm not going to kill my kids. See you later. So how, I don't think Gryla is getting all of these kids like, oh, I found this poor dead spirit wandering. I'm pretty sure Gryla's killing that some kids. That was my interpretation, yeah. <laughs> right? So... <laughs> I'll come back to this later with the whole, like, what happens with baby yeah. Letitia thing. But I don't think Gryla's the best mom out there. And also, so I found it interesting. Okay. So great, Gryla's a witch, and everybody's a witch, and it's all fine. But, so the Yule Lads, because I knew it was a familiar thing, so I looked it back up to just to double check myself. So it's actually like a Scandinavian tradition where Gryla's okay. a troll, and her kids are all trolls. And I just want you to know that they have the weirdest names. I'm not going to say they're like their actual names, but the translations, some of them, okay? So we have one of the kids is named Door Slammer. One of them is named one of them is named Sausage Swiper. One of them is named Window Peeper. And Very one of them is named Door Snipper. Because the, and that's what they do. That's what they messed with was your, you know, yeah. your stuff. Whatever their name was, that's None what they messed with. None of them are called with. Baby Cooker. <laughs> no. I like this version better. Like but I like the thing, original version better. Should have had that. Oh no, there were there were like hundreds of them, and they caused so much trouble. I mean, they were not they were not something you wanted to have around. But what my thing is is like I think it would have been more interesting to keep Gryla being a troll, yeah, like have her be some sort of other mystical creature, and still have her like she takes abandoned children and she takes their like you could still have part of the thing is she lost her kids or whatever, and she's just rebuilding this family of human spirits. But just have her not be a witch. I don't know why I'm like, she could have been something else. We could have been building the universe yeah. more of having other creatures. I mean, it works, and I liked it. It was they fine. They built the universe in a different way because they established she's, like, thousands of years old and still, like, just an ordinary yeah. witch. Like, she refers to them as sisters and they're, you know. And she can be yeah. paid in gin. Gin, and I think she probably ate some of those cookies. But anyway, I would have preferred to her be something else, but it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> It was fine. But, uh, so Ambrose has to leave because she, of course, has a bad on for guys because her husband left her. She will eat him. I don't know if it was before or after the child eating incident. That's an important distinction. Like, you can kind of understand if it was after. If it was after, I'm like, you know, I don't blame the dude. If it was before, I don't know. She was still somebody who was True. willing to eat her own kid. Oh. But anyway, and, um, they, they try to hide... It's funny how much cannibalism is coming up right now. I'm reading a book about the Donner Party, and uh, 
this show, and then I one of the mangas I'm reading right now is Tokyo Ghoul. And okay, technically that's not cannibalism, but it's a lot of eating people going on in my brain right now. <laughs> okay. So they have to hide Letitia because again, Gryla's like, hey, free baby. So <sighs> there's kind of a weird thing for both of them with how like the leaving and hiding because Ambrose goes to this party that base where that's all you do. Mm-hmm. You see him go in. And you see the room full of dudes, yep. and that is the last you will see of the party. And I don't know if there was originally another scene that got cut, because there was a scene of like her dad in the woods with when Sabrina was a baby, offering baby to Satan or something, and that got yeah. cut. So maybe there was another scene here, yeah. but as it is, it's really weird, and I don't understand what it's for. Unless it establishes that Ambrose is allowed to leave for reasons other than his community service now? I don't know. Well, and see, that's the thing, is I think he can go between the school and the so house. So was that party at the school? Like, I, it looked like it was at the school. Because I thought I recognized the room from the end of the season where everybody's in there hold up while the Red Death goes okay. by. I'll buy that. I, I don't remember it well enough to say I no. So, like, if it's it. at the school, I guess that makes sense. But then it's also, like, the weird, exactly like, witchy it. patriarchy is meeting at the school for a random, like, bar party on the solstice. Listen. Listen. I did not notice that it was a room full of guys until you just said that, and now I'm assuming that it was just a gay orgy. <laughs> it can be both. <laughs> so I'm cool with that. I mean, Ambrose had a good time, I think, and yes. that's what's important. Because again, yes. Ambrose is the best. So so Ambrose leaves. Sabrina hides ineffectively in the yeah. embalming room. I thought that, that taking the baby most... out of the house to keep it safe would have meant going to like the coffee house or anywhere else than the actual house where they are. Right. <laughs> but okay. Right, where Gryla could potentially hear a crying baby because mm-hmm. babies have been known to cry. Not to mention where she's got a bunch of kids running around no. the house causing mischief who probably could tell her, by the way, there's a baby. We tried to cook it. <laughs> we were going to bring you a present. Uh, we took it back and we're not thrilled. But also, Sabrina was literally staring at that baby as the pacifier <laughs> fell out of its mouth. She could have caught it. It wasn't even like one of those, like, I, my nephew's young, and like he sometimes will like projectile spit the pacifier out. It wasn't even that. It was just a slow roll. Do you feel like maybe she's never seen a baby before and just doesn't know what to do? <laughs> I don't know. But I think that would be... Uh, I just don't... Mm, whatever. Yes. Could have fixed it. She is not good at this protecting the baby thing. Or protecting her friends thing. Not so good. Really, not good. Like, she she makes a lot of mistakes. But that's fine. It's fine. Um, but So then we get to this whole the, the Gryla versus Zelda yes. thing about the baby. And this is another thing where I'm like, Zelda is a good mother. Okay? So this goes back to my whole Zelda and Hilda, you know, they were both, they were mothers to Sabrina. They raised her. I think we can argue that Sabrina yes. turned out pretty well for all of these things. And Zel- Gryla's argument seems to be that uh, she had a child out of her body. Like, she gave mm-hmm. birth to a kid. And therefore, she is a mother. But Zelda, who took in and raised and, and cared for eat. and loved Sabrina, and did not eat, that's the <laughs> point, you know, and has also taken in Letitia. And yeah, Letitia is much younger, but she's cared for this baby and Letitia looks very healthy and happy and everything is yeah. not a mother like that is that is a terrible argument that's horrible yeah and I hate her 
I do too. It really made me mad. And it was kind of like, maybe that's why, like, I kind of did already read the Weird Sisters that way, but I was just, I was so upset about it. I'm just like, is this, do they not know what adoption is? Is it not a thing? Do they only take in their own family members? Then I was like, I think that's what the Weird Sisters are, though. Those are orphans that didn't have anyone else to take them in. And adoptions aren't a thing. That's why Luke's ex, the dead guy that they buried in the season that we haven't seen yet, (laughs) um, is was adopted by normies because he didn't have any witch relatives and therefore no one even knew he existed apparently probably but but see okay but see i took that as like his his witch parents did not have any relatives because i would assume that if there were any relatives even if you don't adopt you like take the kid in and foster it rather than let it go to the humans yeah, you know what I, mean? that's what I'm like, I think I, I wonder if it's not even adoption. Like, family is so important to Zelda, even to the point of like Diana, now that she's dead and no longer like, <laughs> you know, that she no it's so like family, yeah. even including extended family, is super important to them. So, I don't even know if that's considered adoption. That's just what you do, it's your family still. Whereas, if you don't have a blood relation, you're just dead to other witches and it's not like <laughs> there's no one to take care of you, nobody wants you. I mean, they're not all yeah, so. I feel like I guess there was such an assumption all around. Zelda didn't try to argue, I am a mother, I'm an adoptive mother just because I didn't give birth, you know, I raised Sabrina. She accepted, not a mom. And it was a really weird right. thing. But Which it definitely I you're right. It should lot. be Yeah. Like I feel like someone just needs to sit Zelda down and be like, No, you are a mother. You're a good mother. Maybe stop eating people. Good guideline for life. <laughs> Maybe, but but that's like that's a personal like I feel so bad for Zelda being told that none of your work counts because you didn't pop this one out. I mean, I just and Zelda's a midwife. Like she acts as a midwife. Zelda needs so many like, hugs. Yeah, uh, whatever. She does, but she'd probably punch whoever tried, and that's fine. <laughs> I'll accept her. So we get this whole thing, and then Diana shows up, or pseudo Diana, because I still don't think it's Diana. With the crown of St. Lucia. And so, being a saint and everything. So, her, I looked that up just because, again, there's so many. Um, but her feast day is the 13th of December, which used to line up with the winter solstice. So, she makes sense, okay. right? And uh, she, most stories had she has a suitor who denounced her as a Christian because she turned him down. And uh, she couldn't be burned to death, so they finally killed her with a sword. And uh, there are claims that her eyes were either gouged out in torture... Or she tore out her own eyes to discourage the suitor, right? Because he's like, great eyes. And she's like, here you go, have them. So a lot of the art that depicts her has her eyes on a plate, which is great. Um, but her eyes miraculously came back when they went to bury her. So she is the patron saint of the blind, authors, uh, cutlers, glazers, laborers, peasants, martyrs, salesmen, and stained glass workers. So... And there's a whole thing about her being like a light and darkness thing. So I can kind of see it being like a guiding thing and that tying in with her feast day used to being on winter solstice. So I guess, but then they say something about the demon Lucy. I have no idea what that's supposed to be. (laughs) I don't know how you Google the demon Lucy. But uh, I just thought like, so it's an actual saint and then her opposite, like the two halves balancing in some way. So, but again, pretty sure that's Madam Satan. So they do the cool sol- baby, like King Solomon split the baby in half thing, except yep. when yep. the mom is like, no, no, don't hurt the baby. It's fine. They're like, okay, it belongs to the other mom. <laughs> and 
genius. Yeah. But it turns out it's not the baby. It's one of Ambrose's teddy bears, probably his only teddy bear. It might be his most beloved object. And I hope Sabrina has a plan to apologize and get it back. But <laughs> like, use your own doll. That's just mean. But... Right. But see, this is, and this is part of why I think it was uh, Madam Satan and everything. She taught her a spell. If it was Diana, right. But if also if it was Diana, I think she would have been like, no, see, okay, again, this is probably just my Zelda prejudice showing. But she, like, Diana was a mother too. She would have said, look, Zelda actually cares for this baby. You're just like, sure, I'll rip off an arm. I don't care. All my kids are dead anyway. But Madam Satan just wants to get her out of there. So sure, have a magic up teddy bear. It's cool. So yeah, there is that. I guess on the other way, if she said so, if it was Diana and she just said no, it belongs to Zelda. Do you think Ryla would have accepted that, or would she have been like, no, screw your authority, I'm taking this baby? And so she well, and and that's fair because she had they had both agreed to the terms, which was whoever pulls the baby out of the circle. So Gryla had agreed, but only that far. So she didn't be like, sure, whatever you say goes. So I can see that too being the point. Still think it's Madam Satan. For me, like, if, I can see what you're saying either way. Like where Diana might have been more inclined to say, no, yeah. I'm not going to say it's okay for the person who's definitely going to murder the baby to take the baby. But Whereas yeah. Madam Satan would not care at all. <laughs> but also she knew right. the spell to teach she Sabrina. Did. And it's possible Diana learned from Edward. But not a given, and Hilda's reaction, Hilda being the very trusting one, you know, in general, being like, oh, I guess she learned a few tricks, and didn't know that, didn't see it coming. So. But my thing is, and, and we don't know enough to know it, is that can normal humans learn magic in this world? Or is it like something that you have to have witch blood to do? Yeah, I look forward to learning, because I have theories. I know how I would like to see it if I was in charge, but I'm not. I guess I'll say, like, for me, I would think it makes sense that the power comes from somewhere, and I don't think this is actually a whole other species of people. So what it must be is that they've made Mm -hmm. some sort of agreement with otherworldly beings. I I don't think it's necessarily Satan, because I think that, like, there's... Uh, with the other demons running around and stuff, I had an idea that maybe part of the reason this is such a localized coven is we're, like... The mines are where the Satan, where the devil lives. Is maybe they like there are different beings that are making these deals all over, and Satan might be more of a title than a name in this world. But whatever it is, whether it's one or a bunch, yeah. they made some deals to get powers and eternal life. And a normal human could make the choice to join up. But if you've got, if you're part of generations who have done it, you're inheriting it also. Right. I guess it just, I don't, it seemed to me there was so much focus on the bloodline and everything, which doesn't mean to say that they couldn't have, like you said, made these deals, you know, hundred generations back and they've just, this is what we do now. And I don't know. I just assumed that it was like a Satan, Satan, but that, yeah, there could just be that it's a bunch of different people making deals and uh, they all just like, yeah, no, I'm definitely the devil. It's cool. It's fine. Don't know if we'll ever figure that out. They do a lot. We'll see. They brought up a lot of, they bring up a lot of things that they never actually solve. And I don't know if they actually dropped it or if it's just like a long reveal. So we'll see. We'll see how the rest goes. <laughs> right. Well, and I know that we, we got the announcement that they picked Sabrina up yes. for a third and a fourth season. So, yeah. So we have plenty of time for them to, because I like mysteries, but you've got to answer some of these questions, man. Some. 
Anyway, so we're back to okay. So now we've rescued Letitia. Everything's cool. Everything's fine except for the fact that Susie. There's a knock at the door. It's still about to turn into a wax figure. <laughs> yep. And it's Roz, and we find out about her whole vision, which was just literally exactly what's going to happen, and she could have prevented this whole thing by opening yeah. her mouth. It's fine. But, I mean, okay, so you have a weird vision. You're like, you know, Santa kind of looks like the devil. And they're like, but then I also think <laughs> that he's dipping kids in wax and turning them into figures. And you are looking at all these, like, really eerily lifelike figures around you and leaving your best friend slash potential love interest behind, like, cool, you wanted to be an elf, I'm gonna let you live your life. You'll be fine. Roz? Okay, so I'm gonna say, this was a bad decision on her part, she should have checked in again, she might have maybe said, like, hey, remember the thing where I'm psychic, which we all know, I'm having a bad vibe, can I please check in on you later, would have been a good way to go. But I do appreciate, yeah. since I'm complaining so much yeah. about Sabrina, just completely steamrolling Harvey's boundaries, when Susie says, nah, I'm good, she's like, okay, cool, see you tomorrow. <laughs> like, that, there's something to be said for that level of respecting boundaries and what your friends tell you they're okay. But also, you're a psychic. <laughs> and, if, but, and if Roz wasn't a psychic, if she did not have a literal vision of what was going to happen, and everybody knows that she has these visions... I would be like, that's great. You had no way of knowing you were respecting <laughs> Susie's choices. But you literally had a flash of what was going to happen, of what was happening, of all these little murdered children and everything. And you're still like, I don't need to mention this at all to the person who definitely knows and believes yeah. that my visions are a real thing. Like, give people mm -hmm. all the information and then let them decide. That's fine. And you've done your part. <laughs> Right, and Susie's still like, you know, I'm sure that's a different Santa. I'm sure that's not my Santa. Fine. Then Susie has made the choice. We're still going to rescue Susie. But made the choice. Susie did not have all the information. So apparently being a witch for a very long time makes you a more powerful witch. So their solution is, even though she's going to be super mad at them, they're bringing back Gryla, because even though we assume she's killing babies to keep them with her forever, she gets really mad when anyone else hurts yes. children. <laughs> so she will come and take care of the There's Bartell the... problem they have. And it's it's fine. It's sort of like the whole like uh God. Like the whenever you have the bad guy, but you have a worse bad guy and you're like, we'll just aim them at each other. Yep. It'll take care of each other. You know what I mean? Alien versus predator kind of thing. But it makes no sense. Gryla is mad at the demon <laughs> for hurting kids, but she's 100% murdering children yeah. to keep them with her forever. Because she's talking to, when she thought it was Letitia, wasn't that? Where she was like talking to the baby like, you'll never be cold, you'll never be hungry, you'll never be this because you're going to yep. be dead. <laughs> but whatever. Gryla rolls in and uh, takes care yes. of this whole demon problem. We don't she we don't show but it, do, but is the implication that she dipped him in wax and Yeah. That's what I got out of that was that she turned him into a very fancy candelabra. And she helpfully offers Susie a position in the Yule Lads if she's alone in the world, but she's not. So Right. It's like cool you've got a dad. Yeah. Be but she actually says it way. as you're free to go, which would imply that if she had said no, but also yeah. no thanks, I like living on my own, she'd be like, Too bad, you're mine now and kill her. You're a child and I must protect you. With a little <laughs> bit of murder first, it'll be fine. Can't stress how much this will be fine and you'll enjoy it. 
But yeah, thank God that Susie had a dad. And now all of the sad mannequin children have a mom who didn't even have to murder them because that was done for her. Right. And, and you know what? If that was how Grima was collecting all of her children, uh-huh. I'd be good with it. That seems like a great thing that she's mothering all these poor little lost souls. That's not what's happening. She's murdering the children. So it just occurred to me because like, Put that way, he's not doing anything different than for what she is. He's, like, you know, picking out his favorite children and killing them to keep them with him forever. Because they're, like, they're very, very sad. But they're still present. And, but the part she has a problem with is that they weren't abandoned. So she has guilt over being a bad mom and wouldn't want to take away a child because she lost one. But if someone's lost anyway then life is pain. Here, I'll take care of that problem for you. (laughs) Her definition of lost needs some work. Because she killed and ate her child. Yeah. The kid didn't wander off and the other witch was like, I'm going to eat this baby. She agreed to eat this child with plans (laughs) to eat more children in the future. I'm not saying she's a good person. I'm just... Like, for a given understanding of witchy ethics, like, I think I can understand maybe her weird ethical, by like, boundary there that's being crossed isn't the child murder. It's the what they're doing to the parent, because she feels like a victim, even though she made the choice to kill her child because she was tricked into it. I'm not, I mean, maybe, but I'm not even sure that that's it, because her whole thing was like, oh, you're you're killing these children and trapping their souls here. Like, she doesn't even say... I don't know if they would just didn't want to get that deep into her psychological <laughs> yeah, the profile. The writers did not care as much but, about know, redeeming Gryla as I do. <laughs> She's not a good mother. <laughs> I mean, even at best, if they're kind of happy and enjoy being with her because they get to run around causing mischief and everything, she still like doesn't pay any attention to them and they just wander off and go infest somebody else's house every year until she decides to bring them back home. <laughs> Listen, that's how she gets her gin. Like, she's not, this is not an accident. They're dead. Nothing can happen to them. She's like, you know what? I've run low. What you're going to do is go find me a house. Okay? This is, this yeah, is all a I scheme. I don't know being sense why they don't bother with the mortals, because they don't know anything about witches. They wouldn't know to give her an offering. It's like, there's some weird lady shows up at your house and is like, give me gin, and I will make these mischief-making ghosts disappear from your house, they're going to say, no thanks, we'll just call the priest and get an exorcism, or we'll just move, or, you know. <laughs> First, we're calling the cops <laughs> to get rid of you, crazy person. And uh, then we're calling the exorcist, or moving, we're not sure. Or just wait it out, because I assume that the Yule lads can't stay around At forever. At some point, Gryla's going to realize she's not getting any gin out of this, and she's going to just call them to go bother somebody else. <laughs> you know or like is it time to yule like once yule is over do they have to be like okay we have to go home now school starts in a week i don't know i feel like if that was the case like zelda wouldn't have bothered summoning gryla because it seems like a huge risk when you've got a baby and a man in the house like if you could just wait it out for another day go on vacation but i I don't (laughs) think because the whole thing is they put letitia in the oven like i think she wasn't taking the chance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also probably the flinging the knives at Hilda thing was probably frowned upon. Right. But like you could like say you could leave. Like this seems like a good time to suddenly take a vacation and visit some relatives in England. Right. 
you know, which they have the money to do. Right. And, then you, <laughs> and also they can teleport. <laughs> and then you come back and your house is burned down. Oh, yeah. Fair. Yeah. But. And their house is also their source of income. Right. And, like, <laughs> and occasional dinner. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's, I'm sure it isn't that you can just wait them out, you know, but I also can see, like, even if you could wait them out, there would be problems. So. Yeah. And Zelda, much as I love her, does tend to think that she has absolutely everything under control. So she may have underestimated the problems here. So I did enjoy the line Susie had about, you know, telling her dad that she was kidnapped by a demon and how, no, he'll never let me get an after school job again. Your priorities. Oh my gosh. Such great priorities. I mean, first of all, that you would tell your dad, by the way, I was kidnapped by a demon, and that would be the end of that when, like, I mean, it wasn't, uh, okay, I can't talk about this without more spoilers, but since we told everyone not to watch until they've seen the series, demons and their family are kind of a thing, and the response to the last one was to try and get him institutionalized. So I feel like his go-to response wouldn't be never letting her out again. It would be like, oh man, this runs in our family. She has an illness. We have to get her out of here. And that's a whole other problem, but she doesn't even because like no. that doesn't occur to her at this point. She's like she now knows demons are real, and therefore just like and they are they are artisanal demons. They're really oh. into crafting, so... and we don't need this. So, but Hilda is again the next shifty thing that makes me think she would she was definitely just giving away the enchanted eggnog without telling people. She's like, no, no, we won't tell him anything. I'll give him some cookies that'll make him think that the last few hours never happened. Just a right. dream. Like, okay. Right. I mean, necessary in this situation. Definitely understandable, but still shady. Right. But here's my <laughs> problem with that. He called the cops. How are we explaining the But cops? she's also a teenager. And, like... But... If they say, like, wait to see if she comes back today, and she comes back, like, her friend brought her back within a few hours, just be like, oh, sorry, uh, I got hung up at a friend's house and forgot to come home. (laughs) Okay, but the the theory, the way it sounded was like he would just, like, think that he dreamed that she didn't come over or whatever. Like, it was all in a dream. But he literally called the cops, and even if it's okay... He just doesn't remember it completely. You still have to explain why you have now called the cops because your daughter was a couple of hours late. Like, I don't... There's consequences. (laughs) But... Well, the cops come over and they just give them the enchanted cookies and... (laughs) We burn all the police reports. We burn... It just seems like it might have been easier to just, you know, bring Susie home and be like, I'm so sorry, you know, I got caught up with this, that, I forgot, I fell asleep, I wasn't feeling good, I forgot to call you. Yeah, you're going to be in trouble, you know. But now we're starting messing with people's memories, but there are police reports involved. It just seems like too much work. You've made a bigger problem. Yeah, I was just saying, just like not even just the ethics of it, but you're you're right that it's not really a simpler solution either. That's just their go-to solution rather than invent a plausible lie is magical mind erasing cookies. They just don't know how to do things in a practical, right. normal way or deal with consequences because they can just magic away any consequences. Right. <laughs> wow, this these are not good, responsible people. No. <laughs> to be in charge of things like children's lives. <laughs> Listen, Sabrina turned out fine. We're not taking the kid away. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I mean, she turned out way better than the weird sisters. She I'll, I'll go that. And it, but see, I think that the whole, okay, yes, they probably were raised, like, institutionally. But also, like, Father Blackwood doesn't seem like the greatest of all role models, and he was probably the closest thing to a parental figure they had. And he's a weenie, so. Anyway. So that's solved. We don't really see that resolved, but I guess the amnesia cookies are fine. I guess. <laughs> it's, again, probably not going to have a long-lasting impact on his brain chemistry or anything. Whatever. But, um... <laughs> oh, goodness. You've never watched the sitcom. But no. there's, um... <laughs> Later in the sitcom, people actually can like reach their limit of spells and potions oh. and then they know what's happened to them and have like memories of all of the witchcraft that's been done no. <laughs> so harvey by the end of this in the sitcom is hilarious oh, no. and harvey in all universes just magic is not a friend <laughs> i do feel bad for harvey <laughs> anyway sure. okay so, so Harvey shows up at the mansion because nobody in this understands boundaries, and he's like, "Hey, magic makes me squicked out, but I still want to be your bestest friend." And, and they're not dating. He does, but she's in her bathrobe. Yeah, because they're all having there's a Spellman pajama party with uh, Luke and <laughs> Christmas Carol reading. After the giant orgy, Luke came back to the house. I don't know. <laughs> But he what? Ooh, was he? He could have been there when ba Ambrose was babysitting the kid. But I don't. We don't see him. We don't. We don't see him. I and I, I, you know, again, this is more stuff from the the season. I like Luke. I want him to not be a problem. But I'm also sort of concerned that his last boyfriend got randomly murdered. Uh -huh. So and that like he's in with the shady witchy patriarchy and is very in on a lot of secrets that he shouldn't be. Yeah. And even if they told him that Letitia is a spellman, like the story was supposed to be, mm -hmm. he's like now they're sending the baby away and not telling anyone she exists, but he knows. Right. And that's not a safe thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I get, yeah, same thing. I want to like him, but it feels so sketchy. Like, I feel like this is not going to end well. I feel like he is, like, a long-game problem that's going to happen. And Ambrose yes. doesn't deserve that. Ambrose deserves better. No. But... I think it's also, like, so there's reasons he maybe is feeling more in this relationship than is warranted yeah. and you know that he always just has a dopey smile on his face when Ambrose is around Yeah, but the fact that he does always makes me feel like he's fake and therefore that it's intentional even though it's a spell that was done to him Right. so it's giving me bad vibes yeah. but it may be that they're just playing it up because it's a love spell thing and it's going to be disappointing later right. and... where like it breaks or something and he's just like oh, oh no we have... mm -mm. we're not living <laughs> together this is too much too fast Yes. But, so, there's the, the Spellman family oh. Christmas, well, not Christmas, but but also, Zelda decides that she's gonna give the baby back, and they're gonna raise it in secret? Yeah. There's this loner witch in the woods, and they're gonna take the baby over there, I'm not, and mm -mm. no one will know it exists. No, this is also a problem. It is a big problem, especially because... So her reasoning is that Gryla might come back next year, but, like, 
I don't actually believe that would be a problem. I think they could probably deal with that. They could come up with a solution. They could just not be there. They could leave the Yule log lit. There are solutions. And it's just, it's a terrible, it's not a good solution because now you've taken the child and put it with a witch who has even less claim to the child than you do. And I'd be like, no, it's cool. She won't. The the thousand year old witch definitely won't find her in the hollowed out tree. <laughs> right. But whatever. I that better not happen in the next season. Is all I'm saying. Not down with it. But um, yeah, I don't. Mm-mm. Okay. So before I get into the theories of that, I did want to say like Harvey did finally come over to like explain magic makes me uncomfortable. Please don't do that. Thank you for your enchanted eggnog. I appreciate the idea. But no. Yeah. But also, he's not just outright, like, again, with the religious acceptance and people are different from you. Even though it makes him uncomfortable, he they end it with him being like, Merry Christmas, Sabrina, and then thinking about being like, wait, what do you guys right. say? And so she says, happy solstice, they leave. It's a very nice, inclusive thing where he's like, I accept it, but I'm not ready for it. Right. And it's an important boundary to draw that I'm really glad was finally spelled out, and I hope she respects it. <laughs> but I feel like Sabrina is going to try to respect it, intend to respect it, but magic makes everything so much easier. And <laughs> and now that she's signed, you know, signed her name in the book and everything, and she's going to the Unseen Academy and all that stuff, like, she's going to be learning more, and magic is going to be easier and easier, because it solves, clearly it solves all the problems. We've got amnesia cookies and anti-alcoholic eggnog, so just magic up a little potion or something, it'll be fine. So I think she's probably going to mean well, but think that she can just fix this, whatever problem happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she just won't tell Harvey, and that will definitely not backfire on her, ever. Yeah, he won't know anything. He definitely hasn't picked up on any of this so far. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. So, and then I liked, there was another Christmas Carol, you know, thing with the whole, <laughs> and Satan bless us, everyone. Yes. And they were reading it. And- and then Hilda makes a reference to now we just have to get through which epiphany. Yep. <laughs> and I want to know what that is, but we get a clue because right when Ambrose is reading about the ghost doing a visitation, which links up obviously to like visitations in the manger and yep. all of that, three demon kings come out of the mine and I'm so excited. <laughs> They're bearing gifts. So yeah, that was I was super super thrilled to see that. I was just I giggled so hard. So good. Yeah. So then, like when you mentioned Nick Scratch could be the Antichrist, the reason I want to say maybe no is because my I was going to ask at the end of this, who are the gifts for? Do we think that it's maybe Letitia? And that would make more sense because she's the actual baby, you know, going on there and everything. And I'm not saying that like. She's not something special because she's Letitia and she's adorable, but that that would make a lot more sense is that they're going to see Letitia, who's the only baby witch-wise that we know about right now. Right. There is another one because there's her brother, but she was born first. Right. And the second one. He doesn't know that, but the Spellmans do and the Demon Kings might. (laughs) Well, one assumes that the Demon Kings know if that's what's happening, they know which baby came out first. They know what which one is the important, you know, quote unquote, important one. So that I like. My whole thing about Nick Scratch being the devil or the Antichrist or something is just based on the name. And I'm sure it's probably just that they named him that because it's funny. 
but it would just I mean it might be and he could be not the antichrist but maybe you know maybe satan gets around maybe he's got a couple of kids that he's not claiming well he does like there's um like he has multiple people doing work for him right like he's in contact with madam satan and a little bit with black but you know the lead guy who runs the school i don't know his name but so it's possible nick is maybe not the antichrist maybe not satan but it's a symbolic name. Right. And maybe he is there doing the work because he is this little rebel kid who's like been really good at making Sabrina think she can like table both worlds right. and you know. Or my one of my things is that he is setting the devil is setting up Sabrina to be like a super powerful witch and like his his bride, his queen, whatever. And he has incarnated himself as the cute boy in the school. I like it. <laughs> we may just, have problems. I, I just like to smash everybody <laughs> together. Um. I love Nick. I do not like Harvey and Sabrina together. I like them both individually as people and as friends, but I don't like them together. I do like Nick and Sabrina, and I am so on board with this theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. But, um, but also, Letitia, because it was such a what moment for me. I was really upset yeah. that they would just throw it away. And in this Christmas special, the very next episode, just kidding, we're sending the baby away and it's a non-issue. If it turns out that the Demon Kings are there for Letitia, they might want to take her away or something. They might want to expose her as um, belonging to the other guy. And this would be very bad and give Zelda a reason to double down and be like, you know, you know what? I may not be the best person to take care of her, but I am the person who's decided to take care of her. And she's more mine than anyone else's. But And then we'll get her to stick around. True. But also think about this. We have the we have a mention of uh, Father Blackwood as being very Hera's like in his treatment of the little ones. And you have the three kings showing up. And, you know, Jesus being in hiding in Egypt and everything as an infant and all that stuff. So there's sort of some parallels going on and, you know, references and everything like that. So I could see them going, showing up, giving baby Letitia the gifts or what, you know what I mean? If that's what's going on and Father Blackwood not being informed because the Magi didn't go back and tell her like, hey, we found the kid. Here he is. Like their, their demons are not there to serve Father Blackwood. They're there presumably to serve Satan. Yeah. So if the Blackwood was all sorry, go right. ahead. I was saying if Blackwood is gonna kill the girl because she was first and she's a girl and no no, he needs a son, then we're like, no, nah, no, nah, screw you. We're just not gonna tell you what's going on. Because I don't know that Father Blackwood is actually in contact with Satan all that much. Yeah, because he he's definitely a shifty prophet. <laughs> like... Right. like again, going back to the thing about the whole the uh oh, I forget what they called her, but where they were gonna sacrifice prudence. Yeah, the Feast of Feasts. Or... Yes. And he was getting ready, I think, to declare that, hey, it's null and void. We're not doing this thing. And then the the lady who was real determined that she was going to be the queen slit her own throat. Like, he was going to fake a revelation from Satan to get out of this pickle that he had put himself in. Yeah. Like, he faked the one that reinstituted it. Yeah, I don't. So I guess I thought at an earlier point where he and uh, Madam Satan talk, I thought that it was implied they both had their own relationship and their own directions. But it didn't like at the time, I didn't know all that. That episode hadn't happened yet. Right. And 
it could easily also be that he's claiming he has his own instructions, but doesn't actually. So well, that's a good point. And he could be getting instructions through, I mean, I don't, it's sort of like back to the comics, like where Edward supposedly summons Satan, you know, in the, in the flesh, in his living room. There, you know, we don't know if maybe he doesn't have like an intermediary and most people just don't get to talk to Satan. Like most people just don't get to talk to God directly. There's right. like a go between. So maybe he thinks he's talking to Satan or he's getting messages and he's assuming that it's Satan. Don't know. Yeah. And he could be. Satan could just be screwing with everybody. It seems kind of like his bag. So there's something. Okay. So yeah. I'm just going to keep calling them the witchy patriarchy. I've given them the name. Okay. He was trying so hard to get a male heir. And there was like that toast at the end of the last part of yeah. you know, before the Christmas special where they were like, toasting a new order or something i don't remember the details of it exactly but they clearly had some plans yeah it feels like maybe he's trying to so, like bring about some sort of antichrist type figure and he thinks it's the kid that he knows he had and if he finds out there's another kid who's the true heir yeah that he doesn't approve of even though it's his she's his it might wind up being a war between the male witches and the spellmans and like, that would be really interesting, and there's so many ways they could go with this, and this is how I would do it, but I don't know what they have in mind. I'm just really excited for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it sort of reminded me of, and um, I'm sure you didn't watch it, but the American Horror Story, the latest season that they did. So No, I stopped after season two. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I'm not going to get into it too much, but there's this whole thing with the, the witches are a female-led, or like it's the women are all the power, and the women run the thing. And um, the warlocks, who are just sort of, they're on sufferance, basically, like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, they, in trying to gain the power and put themselves on top, help cause the apocalypse, basically. And it sort of reminded me of that, like the power struggle between the men and the women and who really gets to be in control. And he has decided that, okay, my son gets to be in control. We're going to keep the male line going on here. And not knowing that he has a daughter who is actually really the heir to the throne, so to speak. Huh. I'm going to have to watch that eventually. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean... No, I'm not gonna like spoil anything like that. Like it's, I like American Horror Story, but the seasons are really sort of uneven, oh. honestly. So, and I liked this season up until basically the end, and it just it did this thing that I really hate, generally. So, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Nobody listens to me. I came out in control of everything. <laughs> but that's what I guess, and that's just what it's on my mind is like the whole gender dynamics going on in the magical worlds. Yeah. There's a lot of it. So they could do so many things, and we just have to wait till April yeah. to find out so far. That's fine. I mean, we've got to go back through the whole season, and then we've got comics. We have plenty. Yeah. So much to cover. That's true. Alright, anything else about this episode? No, no. That's the end of my notes, I think. That's all I had. All my all thoughts. Right. Such as they are. <laughs> Perfect. Alright. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll yeah. pick up again in the new year with the first episode of the series. Yay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.